You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Gary Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Howdy. And uh, unlike the way we normally do the podcast, I want to start this podcast by quickly plugging where we are going to be speaking, because that's coming up uh, very soon in June. You will be uh, doing a class at Florida School. Yeah, two-day wedding class. Yeah. Two-day wedding class. What are you going to be talking about? What are you going to be teaching? I don't know yet. i got to write the program still. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> it's only April. Back to me. <laughs> the same time that you are doing that, I will be at the Lamar School in South Carolina uh, teaching about weddings as well with a four-day program. Uh, so if you are South Carolina area, somewhere around there, please come to the Your Lamar program School. just had to be longer than yes, my program. Yes, it did. Didn't it? Many things about me are <laughs> longer. <laughs> and it's uh, $495, or I think it's like three-something if you're an actual member of the association there in South Carolina. But it's four days of hands-on, intense training. And you can go to our uh, website, photobombpodcast.com, and the information is all on there. Is it really? Yeah, I put it on there today before you got here. Oh, well, that's cool. Hey, you know, here's an interesting fact. All right. I was looking at the statistics on our podcast to make sure there were at least five people still listening to it. That's (laughs) depressing. Not depressing. Did you know we we have regular avid listeners in Australia? Really? And in fact, Sydney, Australia is the third highest city of our listenership. Well, well what's, uh, that makes no sense to me at all. How does anyone know. know us in Sydney, Australia? No, I don't. Are they kicking back with the Billy Bong and the and the Barbie and and some? Uh, what's the other thing? The I think now we just the lost Vegemite. all our, the Vegemite. <laughs> we just lost all Australia. Are they having a, a Vegemite sandwich? Okay, yeah. I love Australia. Yeah, I've never been to Australia, but well, apparently it has. it's like twenty two hours by plane. Can we just can we just say a word to our Australian listeners? Yes, we can. Okay. G'day. 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 <laughs> there, I said a word to them. Let me just say <laughs> that if anyone like would like to have us come to Australia and do some sort of like a seminar or a week-long teaching thing or whatever, I'm sure we could work out a deal where you and I would make no money, but we would go just for the opportunity to go to Australia. Or a week-long drunken orgy. How about a two-week thing where there's a week of us teaching people and then followed by a week-long uh, drunken orgy? I'm for it. Okay. I'm just saying Australia is supposed to be fantastic. There's, they say that you can't go. It's not like going to Texas. You can't go there for like three days. You need to go for weeks because, I mean, I don't know if you know this. It's an actual country, Gary. Australia? Yes. So you need is to go next and spend to some time there. Yes. No. <laughs> but it is near New Zealand, which is supposed to be one of the most beautiful places in the world. That is actually on my bucket list big time to travel to New Zealand. You just want to go see the Hobbit Village. I do, you but do. that's not that's the only not, thing. You know you never wanted to go until The Lord of the Rings was there. You didn't even you couldn't find New Zealand on a map, but until The Lord of the Rings was filmed there. Not true. That is true. Not true. I could probably find it on a map. Your list of places <laughs> you wanted to go before you died, New Zealand was nowhere near that list until The Hobbit was filmed there. No, uh, that's Tell the truth. Uh, yeah, you weren't even aware of New Zealand. Well, The Hobbit was only filmed there recently, so that's probably Well, The Lord true. of the Rings was filmed Well, there. okay, so Lord of the Rings, maybe, because that was like 2001. Yeah, so, but I'm pretty sure that the, you know, the place still looks the same. Same mountains, well, same... What I mean to say is I could have... I may have... It hasn't been on my bucket list of travel destinations and probably till the last five or six years. So technically you're right, but it's not because of that. Although you, for damn sure, I would go visit the visit. Yeah, it would be the on your list of things to do there. Yeah. Well, how did it how did it get on your list then? If that's not what what brought New Zealand to your because I just crossed so many other places off my list. I'm just random, I'm just randomly picking countries. You are a world traveler. You just got <laughs> back from uh, Europe. Where were you? Was it not Italy, Spain? We went to Spain. Yeah, Julie and I were shooting a, a wedding in Spain, which is really cool. Well, 
I feel like I shouldn't even be in the same room with you. Anytime, anytime you're with a photographer and they tell you that they have to go overseas to shoot a wedding, I just want to slap them. Well, let me let me unveil the 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 uh, the mystery here. Let me uh, get to the truth behind it. Most of the time, when photographers are shooting these, um, uh, you know, miraculous, amazing, yeah, superb golden ticket destination weddings in other countries, they're usually doing it for no money. Right. Like you just said about going to Australia right. figuratively, like they do it just to be able to go and do it for the opportunity to shoot it and also to be able to say I'm, I'm an international I'm an international, international photographer. photographer, yeah. Usually if you go back far enough I mean I've there's even been photographers that post an ad on Craigslist or something like that that's like I'll shoot your wedding for free in another country if you wow. just fly me over there, stuff like that. But oh yeah, for us I mean it was it was um someone who was getting married who's a friend of ours that we have another business relationship with them. They do the um, we do these retreats that we teach photography right. at these Italian retreats, which we'll tell you more about. Probably put information on the website, but that's coming up in May. And she's the lady who runs those retreats, and so we have a business relationship with her. So she's getting married. Of course, we're going to shoot her wedding if she ah, wants us to shoot her wedding. Okay. So it was not like a client found us, fell in love with our work. It was somebody that we knew was right. getting married, and they are you know, and they wanted us to shoot their wedding. So you know that the truth of it is that that much like. Many other destination weddings work out the exact same way. My problem is that um, I'm no longer a person who just loves to travel for the sake of traveling. You know, because I've got a family, I've got the two girls. So I'll get that call every once in a while. Someone called me and they said, hey, we're, we're going to Cancun and we're going to get married in Cancun. And uh, we would love it if you would come and shoot our wedding. And I'm like, great. So here's my wedding rates in addition to my hotel and my and and they were like, well, we were kind of thinking, you know, since we give you a free trip to Cancun, that you would, uh, you know, do it cheaper or whatever. And my thought is, I've been to Cancun, and th- you're not making my life any easier by me having to go to Cancun. I'm still going to have to do the same work for you there. I'm going to have to work just as much. Only now it's going to take me four days because of travel and all of those other things. So, no, I want to be compensated for that. And, of course, there's so many other photographers who are like, no, free trip to Cancun, you! And they'll right. go absolutely and do it. But I'm like, no, I, I can stay here and make just as much money and be home with my family every night. Well, the difference is, uh, Burate, that you're old. I am. I am old. <laughs> but I've also been. I mean, I, no. we live in Florida, okay? Now, if you live in, in Wisconsin and you get a chance to go to Cancun, hey. Whew, Huge difference. Yeah, you're going to go. But when you live here and people are saying, would you fly to Cancun? Not only do you live in Florida, you live damn near the beach Yeah, I'm just, just yeah. down the road from the beach, and I work on the beach all the time. So to me, now, that being said. When people come here, does it ever bother you how much they love palm trees? Well, they, they love all they're in love with the palm trees. <laughs> oh, palm trees are the best thing they've ever seen in their life. It's like going to Canada and being like, oh, my God, snow, Donuts. pine trees. <laughs> and the Canadians are like, what a right. jerk. But, you know, but by the same token, if you wanted me to come to Australia, wow, well, now we could work out a deal. Yeah. Because I'd, that's something, you know, or Spain new. or Italy or something like that. Well, then I might work out a deal. But just, you know, uh, let's go to St. Augustine. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not traveling to St. Augustine for free. Well, the, how, how we price for that. I mean, we have shot destination weddings in other states. We haven't really ever done a straight up, honest to God, 100% out of the blue client wedding in another country. Whenever right. we've shot in another country, uh, wedding wise, it's always been friend or friend of friend or family or some kind of hookup like that. But we have shot plenty of weddings in other parts of the United States. And typically, we charge, we have a minimum to say like, okay, you cannot buy our cheapest package because we're not going to fly to another state for our least expensive wedding. And so we have to get this package or higher, all the travel, 
plus 15% or whatever on top of that because you're taking that much more time out of your business. You're thinking a wedding that if you're shooting in your hometown is going to take you a day out of your life. Right. This will take you at least three. Right. And that's you fly in the day before at least and then immediately the day after. Right. And so there's no way that you can just charge what you normally charge and make any money. So it's, it's almost never a winning proposition unless you're like... I don't know, like a, a charging just ridiculous amounts of money. I mean, what it would have to be a lot, but you're still going to make a vacation out of it because, like, why not? And so then you're bringing your daughters and you're bringing your wife, and then you're definitely not making any money. Right, right. You're absolutely, yeah. So I'm eh, eh, about it. I'm, I, I'm with you in that, in that when people suggest it to me, I, when I come back to them, I think, well, they're not going to do this. They can get a photographer at that location. I'm not that good. Right. You know, good, but I'm not that good. They can get someone at the location who's just as good as me, and it's going to be cheaper. So, you know. That's almost always the case. No. But it does sound really cool to be able to say, we shot a wedding in Spain. Yeah, you know, right. we're very famous. Although we had a great time. It was a small wedding, like 28 people. And it was basically in these, in southern Spain, in these, like, rolling hills and lakes and villas and beautiful stuff and olive trees and sunsets. And it was it was awesome. So I'm just curious, because I can hear it, but I don't know if it's through the microphone, can the listeners hear the audience that we have uh, in the room with us? <laughs> well, I, think, I think they might have heard that. Was that a sneeze from the uh, peanut gallery over there? Yeah, wait, waiting in the green room. Yes, in the green room, <laughs> which is to say the couch. We have uh, my wife is here and my daughter are here with us today. And they are uh, Julie's going to join us. Um, on a future podcast. On a future podcast, but right now she's just tending the wee one over there. And so every uh, once in a while, you hear a little. Eh, eh, eh. Yeah, Ellie's got a bit of a, a cold today. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's got. Right. She, she's sneezing a bit. Oh, but, uh, on the same topic of uh, having a wedding cold? photographer. Okay. You, know, uh, you, I wanted to know what's going on. You sent me a text yeah. out of the blue uh, week, about a week ago. Oh, I was drunk. <clears throat> yes. Well, most of your texts. Ah. But you sent me a text and you said, "I'm going to reclaim." The ring shot. Oh, the ring shot. The ring shot. You really going to put this out there? Yeah, yeah. Because you said I thought you were serious. You sent me a text. You said I'm reclaiming the the web sh- the ring shot, and I'm like, what do you mean? And you said like the classic two hands on the flowers ring shot that that we hate having the hands in the ring shot. The, having oh, so you want to you want to you want to come up with you want to reclaim the ring shot For with hands ten, in it. Ten years or more, the ring shot has gone from probably I would say. 90s into early 2000s, a ring shot at a wedding was when you take the bride's hand, left hand, and the groom's left hand, you place them on each other, and then you usually like over the flowers or something right, right. corny like that, and then you take the picture, and that's always a staple in the album. Oftentimes, it's like the first page in those old wedding albums. Right. You open it, and there's the hands with the wedding rings, and um, that's evolved into, as any wedding photographer knows, thinking of the craziest and most creative ways that you right. can take pictures they're like in the champagne glass or they're like on the heel of a high-heeled shoe or like in a flower or on the bible so that it makes a heart in the shadow yeah exactly yeah. we've basically taken the hands out of the ring shot right. and then we just put the rings in weird places i know photographers that even they bring like wax like yeah so it'll wax, stand up so to make it do fun things and make yeah. it stand up and uh, and that's all well and good like we do we've done some fun ring shots over the years it's never been the thing that like i'm the best at i just do it because it's one of those trends yeah. that you just do it because right. they ask for it so i had an idea is to think of a creative way to put hands back in the ring shot like how could you make it not cheesy is there a way to make it cool and so for the last few months i've been sort of trying to wrap my brain around how would I do a ring shot with hands in it where it would be cool and would it start a whole new revolution 
<laughs> of, start I would take you the ring shot back. single-handedly are going to start a revolution in the ring shot. There was once one photographer somewhere along the line was the first one to do something goofy with the rings and no right. hands in First it. guy to take the rings off the fingers. The first guy or gal you to, go to, that guy. to go to the bride and groom and go, can you give me your rings? And they looked at her like... Um, you want to be the guy no. in your obituary who it says, you know, Gary Hughes. Brought the ring shot Known back. famously for putting the rings back on the fingers. Put, <laughs> putting hands back in the ring shot. That's and, what and, how, and how is the progress so far? What have you come up with? I can't think of a damn thing. You, <laughs> it's not easy. Because I'm going to tell you, I shot a wedding a few days ago, and I thought of that, and I shot uh, with the rings on the hands. How'd it turn out? No, it's not, not that great. No good. No, I mean, it's okay, but it wasn't, I mean, it's just nothing, you know, it's not, it's not going to be going on Facebook or anything. Oh, you know, what I did was I, I had him go behind her. She put her left hand up to his hand on, he, he put his hand on her shoulder. She put her hand on his hand. And then I tried to get like the rings in the hands and have them kind of blurry behind looking each other. See, that's a rough to ask for a depth, shallow depth of field, too. Yeah, it's a very right size is covered when the picture didn't turn out what I was hoping. <laughs> or at all. Yeah, no, not at all. Did, did you delete it in the back of the camera? No, I didn't delete it. Because the, ri- the rings look okay, but there'll be some serious cropping done. Oh. It, it, didn't, it didn't give me, I was like, okay, so that didn't work. So now no. I'm still waiting for Gary Hughes to produce the first of his attempts at recapturing the ring shot. And I would invite any listener. Who feels that they are, are can 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 pull this off? To please send us something, and and, and we will talk about it, or possibly ridicule you. Do you remember uh, in Zoolander when in the beginning when she she was interviewing him, asking about his looks? Yes, talking about Blue Steel, and she goes, "So we hear about Magnum." He's like, <laughs> "I haven't even perfected it yet." Don't you know? It's like it's not ready. <laughs> I haven't even like, perfected my r- my ring shot is like Magnum. I'm still working on it. It's not perfect yet, but when it when, when it's it, there, when it's there, <laughs> it's going to be deadly. It's going to melt faces. It's, it's it's so beautiful. And so we are all waiting eagerly to see you master the ring shot with the rings on the hands. <laughs> well, one day soon. One day soon. soon. Really? How soon? Exactly. Probably, expect, probably not soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, it'll be like the, it'll be like the, the new Guns N' Roses album. Like yes, Chinese, <laughs> Chinese Democracy. It'll just, it'll be like 20 years before it ever comes out. Uh, another thing I wanted to bring up today is um, PhotoVision. Yes. Yeah, I watched uh, PhotoVision. The, the thing that was hacked by ISIS. Yes. PhotoVision was hacked by ISIS. We talked about it on the last show. And if you're a PPA member, PhotoVision is now free. And, and this is just a fantastic deal. It's 800 videos. More than 800, oh, yeah, but all, around 800. All included now, if you're a PPA member. And uh, one of them, the most recent one, in fact, is uh, Gary and Julie Hughes. And uh, I watched it uh, yesterday. Very great, very informative. Learned something. I thought I knew everything about you. Didn't know about the backgrounds that you were shooting and using your own custom backgrounds. Very cool. We Isn't that interesting? That. Well, what, what Blu-ray's talking about is the um, we started making our own backgrounds in the studio that would sort of be a simulate a shallow depth of field, out of focus background for a location. And I've been toying with matching the lighting to sort of make it look as much like available light on location. Really good light. Right. Um, and so we've been using these backgrounds that we get printed ourselves. So I'll go out and I'll take a photograph of different backgrounds that I like, and then we'll print them and test them out and see how they work. And um, what I'm trying to say is I'm really happy that you didn't notice. Well, I immediately started thinking to myself, what have I seen <clears throat> you post, you know, in the last year? Because I saw one of the backgrounds in the video, and I'm like, I think I recognize that wall. And so then I was like, okay, have I seen him and not noticed it and not spotted it? Because if so, well, that's cool. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, I know that's what you're going I'm for. I'm in the and process of, of perfecting it. Obviously, it's it's never going to be exactly right. Right. But it'll be, it's pretty close. Close enough and to it's where it's developing it, my yeah. own look, which I like. Right. Well, here's my question. Why do you print the backdrops out of focus to simulate a shallow depth of field? Why don't you just shoot it? 
F4, and then they would be out of focus. Oh, that's a good question. So that we print the backgrounds out of focus because um, my studio, my camera room is really small. Right. And so I can't get more than probably three or four feet between the subject and the background in a lot of cases, depending on what lighting situation I'm using. So even when you're shooting at F4, the background is still pretty more in focus than I want it to be. Okay, so if you were shooting on location with that same wall, mm-hmm. you would have them more than three or four feet from the wall? Uh, in most cases, yeah. I okay, think. so now my question is, do you have to print... Because, let's see, since the background is closer, do you have to print that background smaller? Ah, I see what you're saying. No, <laughs> see, it's not an exact... I'm not trying to you're make, trying to make it look like it's farther. Well, we're talking. what we're talking about here is headshots. Right. I'm shooting a lot of entertainment headshots. Right. Like actors and models. And so the look that the agencies go for where we are is more of a location look and feel to it rather than a studio backdrop, which if you're going the other way with entertainment headshots, it's usually just white seamless paper. Right. And so um, I'm not trying to make it look exactly like it would on location. I'm just trying to use those backgrounds as sort of a – it's almost like when they make a movie and it's like this movie is based upon a true story. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And you know that that's not, you know, like exactly the same. But it's pretty close. And I'm I'm really honing in on on perfecting the way that I like it to look. So – um, but, yeah, that was a cool thing. So if you want to check out the whole thing, uh, it's uh, photovisionvideo.com, and they've got – even if you're not a PPM member, you have, I think it's like $200 for the year. I think it's $250 for the year, to and have you get access, access to everything. Everything, streaming and downloadable, and you, or uh, DVDs if you're – Blu-rays if you want, I think. But um, it's photovisionvideo.com, and they put out new content every month with different speakers. They basically – Ed Pierce and his crew, they get in a, an RV and they drive around the country for like eight weeks, stopping at different photographers' studios and filming them doing what they do, setting up shoots. And so you get to live shoot with photographers. Sometimes it's just sitting and talking to them about their business. And so Julie and I did a day and a half with Ed and his crew, and they just put up the interview portion um, yesterday or the day before. Or something okay. Like that. While we're on that subject, I watched something else on PhotoVision, and I thought, this is a good question. Have you ever seen when they do, like, a, uh, a challenge? Yeah, I have seen those. So I was watching a challenge where they had, like, five photographers, and they said, okay, here's the light situation, whatever. You have ten minutes with the models. Go. And my question is, would you ever want to participate in something like that? Um, I'm not sure I would. You know, that's the thing is you get – they get photographers like, you know, like, like Parker Fister and guys like that. They're on such a level – of creativity, they really don't have anything to worry about. Most of the time, it's not to demonstrate who wins. the The point no, of the no. point of the demonstration is to show how five different photographers would do things differently right. in the same situation. Right, right. And what that does, it appeals to the viewer to go, "I wouldn't have thought of that or that." Right, and, or it's, that. and it's and it's great to watch because this person goes after it with uh, with natural light and a uh, and a uh, bounce. And then this person goes after it with a ring, uh, ring light, and then this person doesn't use any light at all. And the posing's different, and the way they approach it is different. And I really enjoyed watching it. But even though it's not a competition, still, you know who wins. But <laughs> you got it. <laughs> might know who wins. Booray wins. But, but I'm just saying, you also. But if you were, if you were doing it, there's got to be some pressure. You don't want to be the one guy who, when all the pictures go up, that everyone's like, "Yeah, he's not as good as the other guys." I'm just saying, it would be a, a huge amount of pressure. Don't Let you me think? tell you about having done PhotoVision. And you don't think that it's um, because it's not an actual wedding. Let's say you use a wedding as an example or it's not an actual portrait shoot. More people are going to see this 
you doing your thing right. than they would if you were at an act shooting an actual job. So it's uh, it's really and I um I did the live shoot portion and those will come out in subsequent months of that we did a wedding shoot and a headshot session. And it was the hardest teaching experience of my life. I've done a lot of teaching, but most of it's live. So here's the difference. When you're doing a, a seminar and it's or a platform program, it's something like WPPI or Imaging USA, it's, say, 90 minutes. And you're talking for 90 minutes. Right. Every second has to be filled up with you talking. Right. And so we're doing photo vision, and, and Ed and his crew, they're so awesome at getting what they want and doing it economically. But you don't account for in the filming the fact that while the video is going on in the finished product, the viewer is going to see the um, the settings are going to pop up on the screen, what you're shooting at, and then the images are going to pop up on the screen. And it's kind of there's other element that kind of can explain what you're doing to the viewer while you're doing right. it. And I'm narrating everything that I'm doing <laughs> as I'm doing it. Right. And, and Ed like stops rolling. He's like, okay, Gary, that was good. Um, I'm going to need you to shut the hell up now. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you and just shoot, you know. Just shoot, show the pictures, and we'll tell them everything. And it was really hard. It was a different medium. So um, I look at it having done it differently. I look at the, the finished. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's someone else telling you to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah but it's a different medium. Yeah. Go ahead. It's a different medium, different way to teach. So I have a lot of sympathy for those guys. That when you're, it's easy to sit there and look at it and go, well, I would have done this, or that didn't turn out that great. It's. It's a lot of pressure, and it's a really weird way to have to teach compared to how most photographers are used to teaching. My question still stands. They call you tomorrow, and they say, we want to do a photo challenge thing. We want to have you, know, you and uh, Hanson Fong and uh, blah, 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 four of you guys. We're going to get some models, and we're going to put you on camera, and you're each going to have like 10 minutes with this model, and we're going to have a couple of different challenges. Like in one of them, I saw they, had a, they put them in a bathroom. They said, you go into a bathroom. You have two minutes in this public bathroom with, the, with, the, with them, and you've got to do something creative. Would you say yes? Of course. You would? Yeah. I would, I don't, I think I would say yes, but how much would you flop sweat? Um, I mean, I would be kind of, I'm not really nervous at weddings and stuff, but I think I would be a little nervous in that situation because it's other photographers. Well, here's the really other thing. Really good photographers. Well, here's the other thing too. It's like, it's still pre-recorded. It's still edited. And, it, and it's it's not their job to make you look bad. They're yeah. gonna, you're going to come out looking good, no matter what. No matter what. That's that's their uh, job. That's true. And if it was that bad, they would probably just not include you in the final video. Because, I, mean, <laughs> I, I got to think, though, if there's any way to look bad, I'm going to find that way. No, I'm sure you'd be fine. You just you sell it on your personality. Just sell crappy photography. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. That Isn't doesn't that your matter. thing? <laughs> that is so unnecessary. I think we got a couple. That is so unnecessary. All right. Well, so check out photovisionvideo.com. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. How are we doing on time? Are we we are, we are good on time. I'm the keeper of the time this yes, time, so our, time our listeners will get a much more uh, economically produced All right. podcast. All right. Okay. So that being said, we have questions. We do? We do. Um, what uh, we do? What's our question? We had a question from um, a guy I know actually posted on our Facebook page, Kevin Landers, who is also an avid listener of the podcast. And he wanted to know, where do you get clients? He's new in the business. He's just starting his, getting ready to start his photography business. Where do your clients come from? How do you get business when you're first starting out? When you're first starting out? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Gosh, that's a tough question, isn't it? It's like, it's almost, it's the, the douchebag thing that you want to say is, it just takes time. It does. It just takes time. But it takes time. Okay, let's only think back to where I got my first clients. Um, I, well, you know, I tried to get my search engine up stuff as much as possible. So I got, I got uh, stuff from just cold calls from Google, Google searches and stuff like that. I was never, I was never a great marketer and a great hit the bricks and shake some hands and make some connections. People always say that. 
like it's the easiest thing in the world to just go talk to the folks at the hotel or whatever and, and get them to suddenly start recommending you for weddings. It's not. Everyone's hitting them with that. And I think that that's very, very hard to do. But what comes first, portfolio or clients? Oh, portfolio. Right. So for me, I remember when we were getting ready to start our business, Julie and I, I pretty much... My website was just a collection of pictures of our friends and family members. Right. Like anybody who would sit for me, right. we would do it until I had enough to put up a website to say, look, I can photograph humans. And then, right. um, but smart money would say that if you're really putting together a photography business, my best advice is this, find the right market, find the right product for that market. So if there's, find something that no other photographer, if you're a portrait photographer, find something that no one else is doing. If no one in your area is doing black and white relationship yes. portraiture and then you create a product shoot a bunch of that specific product and then create a website and then market that product i am a big big proponent of that now you know that i do mostly weddings and i do portraits and stuff but i don't i don't heavily market into portraits and, and really you don't either no. i mean headshots you do but i can tell you that i think if i was going to today be say i'm i'm going to be a portrait photographer that i would absolutely try and find some niche that i could just own as opposed to I do everything. Right, you've got make your make your product unique that people want. Like you said, black and white relationship portraits. Like if I was going to be a studio portrait photographer, okay, I would probably go after that market where um, this month we are doing the fantasy pixie sitting by the lake photograph where you know the studio setup is like looks like something out of a hollywood movie where it's so completely made up and then you take the little girl in the pixie outfit and you put her there and there's the fake water that you know from a mirror and there's the background custom and there's all the like virtual background and you get those beautiful fantasy pictures of perfectly lit and perfectly well lit. i would say that's what we're going to do because no one around here is doing that, and it would be a niche, and it's something we could charge a good amount of money for. Right. As opposed to just saying, we do family portraits. Come see us. Right. Well, there's a million people doing family portraits. Right. Or I would do, like you say, I would say, you know, black and white relationship pictures. All of my pictures are square. Like, there's a guy here in Tampa, and all of his pictures are square. Right. He doesn't he doesn't print in any other format but square, and everything is black and white or sepia. And that's his thing, and he's had a thriving business now for like 15, 20 years. It's a cool way to do business because... You're not necessarily going, what's my passion? I love to photograph babies. And that's fine, but you're starting a business. And so look at, um, look at what area might be not be served in your market. Right. Find something that not is. And then you have a product that you can put the full force of marketing behind. Absolutely. And not just one product. Let's say you wanted to create three product lines for a portrait studio and knows what you do. And that way, you know what your product is, you know what you're selling to people, and then right off the bat, you have something, you have an identity as a business, because one of the big things they tell you in business is that people will make this a buying decision based on certain things, and a question that you need to answer is, what's different about my business? Oh, Why would someone come to me and not someone else? Yes, they need to look at your work and say, wow, that's cool and unique, and I can't get that from these other people are cheaper, because I hear that all the time. You know, Oh, I'm being undercut by my competition. Well, your problem is not that you're being undercut. Your problem is that you have too much competition. You need to be doing something that is unique so that there just aren't that many people doing what you do, and then you don't have to worry about all of these clients You know, going to... If, if there's a million people doing what you do, you're always going to be undercut. Then it's price be becomes price the determining factor. Yes, absolutely. When all other things are equal, price is the number yeah, one if you're factor. a gas station, then how much the gas is is going to be a big deal because there's one on every corner. 100%. Right. Like, I mean, you look at somebody like, you know, Ann Gettys, you know, I'm sure when she started out, people then said, you want to do what? You want to make 
babies look like a flower or a ladybug? And she's like, yes, I do. And then she made a name for herself doing that. And that's and that became her thing. And people came from far and wide. To Sold get that millions done. of books. Yeah. Make millions of dollars. But the other side of that coin is you got to be good at it. Yeah. Well, you know, there is that. There is that. And I'm going to, that's a topic for another podcast. Practicing I, your craft. I, I can yeah. do a whole, and we're going to do a whole thing on that on a, on a future podcast because that's a whole other thing I want to get into. But you've got to, you've got to be able to produce work. If You won't get work automatically because you're good, but God knows it helps. You know, I know a lot of photographers that are really good that don't work. You know, right. it's, it, it's the business of photography and we can't talk about it enough. Uh, but, um, to Kevin, to answer your question, decide on your product, decide on your market, put some money down and develop a good brand and a good website and really have something to market instead of just, I'm a photographer, hire me to take pictures. Right. Make something different about your business and your style that is going to set you apart so that you can answer that question, why choose me and not somebody else? Yeah, it's very rare. I mean, off the top of your head, our contemporaries and people we know, can you think of very many portrait photographers who you would describe simply as that person's a portrait photographer? Or is it, oh, you know, Greg Daniels. Well, what he does is uh, fine art family portraits that are totally framed and he hangs them in your in your house and then he does a paint job on them too so they look like they were painted. Or you say, oh, uh, you know, Megan Harper. Oh, well, Megan, what she does is she takes babies. And she put, You know, they all have something that makes them... Absolutely. That, that you, you use, when you describe them, there's something specific about them. Anybody I know who is successful full-time working in the portrait world, right. in photography, you could you could pick their work out of a lineup. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. absolutely. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, not necessarily, even if it's not your favorite or the best, but it's their look and their right. product. Right. So if you saw what they did, you go, well, that looks like that, and you would be right. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Question answered? Question answered. And that's it. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up. Yep. Uh, don't forget to check us out. The uh, podcast is on our uh, website. It's also on, what is it? iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, everywhere that podcasts are found, we are there. There you go. Our website is photobombpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just look for Gary Hughes or look for Ray Perry on Facebook and friend us and friend the uh, Facebook page. Uh, you can stream directly from the website. You can send us questions. Please send us questions. Let us know you're listening. Uh, fan our page on Facebook. And I think that's about it for all the uh, little plugs, right? That's it. Can you say the name of my studio? No, I cannot. Not without drinking. <laughs> you got something. it right on the last episode. It's actually. Hughes for your. <laughs> mm. Wait, let me get some liquid. Here we go. Uh, it's a, uh, Hughes Ferretti. No, Ferretti, Ferretti, Ferretti. Ellie is three months old and she can say it. She cannot say. She cannot say Ferretti. 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 That's what I said. Ferretti. No, you said. I don't remember. I said Fioretti. <laughs> Hughes Fioretti. 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 Dear listeners, thanks for tuning Fioretti. in. Fioretti. We'll see you next time. All right. See you next time. 